What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you are doing well. I hope that all is well in your world and that, yeah, you're able to just kind of breathe and do your thing and enjoy life. And certainly, we appreciate you hanging out with us today here on The Faction. Uh, First of all, I want to say thank you to everybody who joins us by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At the Faction Show, we definitely appreciate that. Big shouts to all of those who join us by way of podcast. If you're subscribed, we appreciate you. We honor you and we thank you for spending some time with us here at the Faction. If you are not connected to us in either of those ways, there are some very easy ways to do that. On the socials, simply follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Faction Show. And of course, by way of podcast, subscribe wherever you're listening to us right now. In addition, you can also rate and comment on the platform you're listening to us. That always lets those folks know what you think about the faction and puts us in front of additional eyes. With that said, it's time to jump in to the world of pro wrestling. Let's first start with Monday Night Raw and the ratings for Monday Night Raw, the first Raw after after mania if that makes sense to you this week's episode of monday night raw drew in an average of 1.907 million viewers which is down close to six percent from last week's 2.026 million viewers for the post wrestlemania 37 episode now the first hour drew 2.017 million viewers hour two drew 1.981 million viewers by the time we got to hour three we had lost nearly 300,000 viewers from hour one. It certainly speaks to the fact that a three-hour show these days is a different scenario. It's interesting because the three-hour wrestling shows on a weekly basis, primarily back in the 90s, of course, was Nitro. Nitro started as a one-hour show, then moved to a two-hour show to go head-to-head with Raw, and then ultimately moved to a three-hour show. And you could argue that after them moving to a three-hour show, it ultimately led to their demise. Now, is that the decision that led to their demise? Probably not. They did have some great content going on, but then, of course, as you got to the later years, it got a little weird and wonky. With that said, the bottom line is three hours of television is very hard to fill. The other problem, as we have said so many times, is the check that's coming to WWE from those three hours for them is worth being able to put on and be challenged with three hours of content. I think it's one of the reasons why SmackDown and NXT are better shows because it's only a two hour scenario. And these days, of course, the attention spans of a lot of us uh, is far different than it was back in the day. So with that said, Monday Night Raw doing as best as it can. Of course, we did not see the WWE champion Bobby Lashley on Monday Night Raw. First week that that's happened in a long, long time. We did see the unmasking of two former members of Retribution, T-Bar and Mace, which we all know to be Dominic Dijakovic and Brennan Williams, a.k.a. Dio Madden, who was also a former 
commentator on Monday Night Raw. Very interesting to see where those two go if they end up being the new members of the Hurt Business, uh, what's happening with them. I do like them as a tag team and think that there's a lot of opportunity for them. They're obviously being thrust into somewhat of the main event picture being connected to Drew McIntyre. So interesting stuff. Speaking of the main event picture, Charlotte Flair battles Asuka in the main event of Monday Night Raw. And I have to say, I am glad, no matter what the means were, that Asuka got the win. I did not anticipate that. I didn't see that coming, let alone a pinfall victory as well. So congratulations to Asuka. It's interesting to see where this Asuka, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair thing is going. But it's very clear that Charlotte Flair is on a completely different level as a heel these days. Just completely trashing that referee beating him down you've got to think that there are fines and potential suspensions coming pretty crazy stuff and again the optics of a woman beating up a man is pretty intriguing because of course you know as a man you can't really fight back so I don't know. I'm also intrigued to see where this Alexa Bliss thing is going. We did not see the Firefly Funhouse this week. We did not see Bray Wyatt. Certainly looking at last week, it seems as though there's some degree of rebirth for Bray Wyatt that's going to happen. I don't know that Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss should have been broken up at this point. I definitely think that there was still a lot left to that. Having two evil opposing figures seems weird. And if Alexa is only going to focus on the women's division and pay no attention to Bray Wyatt, that also seems weird as well. But I do want to give it the opportunity to unfold and certainly we'll do that and pay close attention to that. Last night, of course, we saw AEW Dark battling NXT and really that's not a battle at all uh, at all. And so the measurements would be completely different. We don't have ratings in for NXT, but NXT certainly continues to raise the bar and move the needle. The debut of Saray from Japan. What a match between her and Zoe Stark. Like seriously, one of the hardest hitting female matches we've seen in a long time. And I think it raised the stock for both of those amazing female competitors. If you missed it, go back Check it out. Go back and rewatch NXT. It'll be incredible. Speaking of NXT, the former Wednesday Night Wars, obviously we know they're over, but we do know that AEW Dynamite takes the stage tonight with a live show, the first live show since the ending of the Wednesday Night War. It'll be interesting to see what they bring to the table I don't believe Mike Tyson will be involved. I am intrigued to see if AEW can pull the trigger and bring more eyes on them based on their current product. Now, last week proved to be a tremendous success with their highest rating to date, somewhere around 1.2 million viewers by far dusting any other number they had. What will happen this week as it's a live product, and I always believe that their live shows are 10 times better than their taped shows. We'll see. So definitely check it out tonight. Get ready. It's time for SHW 26. Whoa, that's sicky dice. Oh, look at this. Got a slingshot him off the road. Perhaps. Oh, the top right. Whoa, Towers is fading. That's a clothesline. Does pull big shoulder tackle. This is incredible to watch. That, that might have snapped his ankle oh, right no. there. This is not good. We got a serious situation here. Somebody come and help. 
there is a bin, when there is a U, there will always be a SHW. Before we go, I want to discuss something that's on my heart and mind. And, you know, if you tune out, so be it. But I trust that you'll continue to tune in. And that is a post that Mick Foley made yesterday following the announcement of the verdict in the Derek Chauvin trial. Now, I'm sure you'll say, "Okay, we didn't come here to talk current events. We came here to talk wrestling. Well, wrestling is impacted by everything that's going on. And Mick Foley decided yesterday to put up an amazing graphic that said BLM, Black Lives Matter, and it was done in the same graphic style of the NWO logo. And his caption was simple yet profound. As he said, quote, it's a good day to lose some followers. And I think it's so intriguing that Mick Foley, who, of course, is beloved by so many, has been so vocal about Black Lives Matter, knowing that it will cause people to lose some followers. And while I have not, you know, sat back and watched how other wrestlers have responded, I will say this is why representation in the wrestling community really does matter, because it matters when people like you or I turn on the TV. TV and see figures, athletes, champions that look like them. It says that in the sport, our lives matter. One thing that I have noticed, and I'm sure you have if you've attended any live wrestling event, I've always believed that the wrestling community has been made up of all sorts of people from varying backgrounds, ethnicities, and walks of life, political beliefs, religious beliefs, etc. But when you enter into the arena, regardless of which brand we're talking about, be it AEW, WWE, New Japan, Impact, you name it, Ring of Honor, we as wrestling fans become one community. It's amazing how wrestling can unite us while the rest of the world attempts to divide us. And while that happens, it is also intriguing that many in the wrestling world, certainly prior to the last few years, have been somewhat asked or implied to deny their ethnicity, to deny who they are, to not mention that they are African-American or Latino or etc. And I have to say, one of the things that I'm really proud of seeing is how many minority and underrepresented communities are sticking together. I loved seeing the pictures that came out when Santos Escobar won the Unified Cruiserweight Championship and all of the members of the Latino NXT community came together for pictures. I love the black excellence pictures that we see floating out of NXT or AEW or sometimes the SmackDown or Raw roster. Those moments really do mean a lot because here's one thing that people don't seem to grasp, particularly our cocky counterparts and that is it's amazing how often you enjoy our talents and you enjoy what we bring to the table from an entertainment or an athletic perspective but if you were to see the same said people on the street you would feel threatened 
by them. The reality of it is this. When people look at a Bobby Lashley or they look at a Leo Rush or they look at a Kofi Kingston, some might recognize them from being on television. But if you don't watch the product, you don't see a pro wrestler. You might see a larger person, but as a larger person or person of color, be they African-American, Latino, Asian-American, Pacific Islander, many see a threat. And that is problematic. And so I'm taking this time on my soapbox to say that is not right. It's not right. And it shouldn't stand. And the thing is, when we act like in the wrestling community that people should just shut up and wrestle or shut up and just talk about pro wrestling, that's not life. That's not reality. And if that is an expectation that you have, as much as we love fans and we want supporters, you can click off of this and you can unfollow us because we're not going to act like we're not African-Americans. We're not going to act like that we're not people of color. We're not going to act like that there aren't challenges for people of color as both wrestling fans and wrestlers in and out of the wrestling business. We cannot divorce ourselves from real life. Just like we cannot divorce ourselves from this pandemic that has happened. The fact that the WWE wouldn't mention the pandemic on air and on screen until, of course, a check was cut where, okay, we're going to promote the vaccine so we can get back out into the world. Now, all of a sudden, they're talking about it on television. There has to be a realization that in the wrestling world, while it is both sport and entertainment, it cannot be divorced from real life. These are real life issues. And I know that for some, you don't want to be political, but there's a reason why some six years after uh, these posts came out about Hulk Hogan, why fans still boo him, why he gets vehemently booed at an event that many could give him credit for in terms of creating and taking to the next level, being WrestleMania. Because even in a pandemic, even after not having seen wrestling live in over a year, WWE fans don't support or forget racist activity. We don't. And so it is possible to appreciate Hulk Hogan's contributions to the pro wrestling industry and still hold him accountable for his racist beliefs that he has not apologized or atoned for. It's possible to do that. And so with that, I say representation matters. This is why Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks in the main event of WrestleMania mattered. This is why Bobby Lashley coming into WrestleMania as the WWE champion and leaving WrestleMania as the WWE champion matters. It's why Roman Reigns as the universal champion matters. All of these things matter. Asuka as a champion and so many others who get to represent the sport, it matters because if the wrestling world can look diverse and be celebrated, maybe then we can celebrate people outside of wrestling as the diverse canvas that God created and find the beauty in all of them instead of finding the threat and danger in all of them. So with that said, black lives matter. Asian American lives matter. Pacific Island lives matter. Latino lives matter. And it doesn't necessarily need to be said, but I'll say it, that Caucasian lives matter, right? So for all of the folks who love the All Lives Matter movement, 
Understand this. There's never had to be a movement to have Caucasians represented in the sport. There has had to be a movement for women to be represented in the sport and represented well for the Latino community, the Asian, the Asian American, the Pacific Island, the African American. The reason why these marginalized communities get a focus is because they haven't had a focus. So I hope that helps you as today is a difficult day for a lot of people who are minorities in the United States and around the world. With that said, I hope that you'll continue to support the faction, but if you don't because we talk about things like this, that's okay too. Not gonna worry about that. With that said, make sure you're subscribed to what we're doing. Leave a comment and the like. I certainly would love to engage in conversation. Before we go, we also have to wish a big happy birthday to the fourth horseman, John Murray, who celebrates his birthday today. Uh, Many don't realize that the faction would not exist without John Murray. He is the one who gave me the idea about this wrestling podcast several years ago. And so we finally followed up on it, and he is a part of what we do, and we honor and salute him. So wish him a happy birthday today on the socials at John Murray across all desks. And until next time, family, it's your man Gerard Bonner representing from a good brother's Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman and the birthday boy, John Murray. Collectively, we're known as The Faction. Have a great day. I need my people. Here we go.